Happy New Year and welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Prime Minister of Haiti survives assassination attempt. At least 20 states, including Puerto Rico, increase minimum wage in 2022. Jamaica allocates $100 billion for social protection without increase in borrowing. Vermar buying Ritz-Carlton Dorado Beach in Puerto Rico. U.S. Virgin Islands travelers now face mandatory quarantines in Illinois. U.S. Virgin Islands cruise and beauty Janisha John brings captivating aura to cover of New York-based Elements magazines. And farewell to Mighty Barmer and Soka Parang star Kenny J. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, January 3rd. We start our report today in Haiti. HaitiNews.net reports a failed attempt assassination of Prime Minister of Haiti, Ariel Henry took place on Sunday at a church in the city of Gonives during a mass dedicated to the 218th anniversary of the country's independence, the VTV broadcaster reported. According to the report, armed people opened fire at the prime minister. At least one person was killed and several others wounded. Henry was not injured. As media reports, local gangs had warned the prime minister against attending any events in Gonives following the failed assassination attempt, the authorities canceled all other events dedicated to the anniversary of independence. TheHill.com reports that at least 20 states are beginning the new year by increasing their minimum wages while Puerto Rico and several cities and countries are also bumping up pay for workers in 2022. A total of 26 states have minimum wage increases going into effect in 2022. The wage hikes begin in 22 states on January 1st, according to Walter Kluwer's Legal and Regulatory U.S., a company providing information on finance, regulatory compliance, and the law. A wage increase in New York State began a day earlier, taking effect on Friday. Additionally, 56 cities and countries are increasing the minimum wage in 2022, the National Employer Law Center reported. 35 of those local increases are going into effect on January 1st. According to the Walter Kluwer, the highest rate hike comes from the city of West Hollywood, California, which is implementing a $17.64 minimum rate of pay per hour for hotel workers, which the company says is the highest minimum wage in the country. Per the company, the minimum wage in 10 more states will reach $15 within the next few years after scheduled pay increases are completed. Those states include Maryland, Florida, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Illinois, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania. Puerto Rico, where the minimum wage has stayed at $7.25 since the federal minimum was bumped to that amount in 2009, increase its minimum wage to $8.50 on Saturday. Last April, U.S. President Biden signed an executive order raising the minimum wage for federal contractors to $15 an hour and requiring all agencies to implement the increase by March of this year. About 20 states, roughly half of which are in the South, have kept their minimum wages at federal rate, according to the National Employment Law Center. 
Jamaica Information Service reports that Prime Minister the Most Honorable Andrew Holness says that the government of Jamaica was able to reallocate resources within the budget to deliver over $100 billion for social protection and recovery support. Mr. Holness made a disclosure during his New Year's Day message on January 1st, where he said this was done without any increase in borrowing. I understand that for some, this may seem like not a big deal. However, in the past, shocks such as a storm or commodity price shocks, as we experienced in the 1970s and 80s, or a global financial recession, as we experienced in 2009, would have precipitated major economic crises with long recovery periods, he stated. As the International Monetary Fund observed in its recent concluding statement on Jamaica, unlike in the past, the pandemic-related shock was not followed by a fiscal, financial, or balance of payment crisis, Mr. Holness added. The Prime Minister noted that this is a solid statement of the maturing of Jamaica's economic management and how far the country has progressed in its quest for economic independence. The solid fiscal platform underpins the strong recovery that we are already seeing. Tourism has rebounded to almost 70 percent of pre-pandemic levels. Employment is rebounding with the return of some 93,000 jobs and expectations and expectations are that the country will record growth of around 8 percent, Mr. Holness said. Jamaica Information Service reports that on January 1st, the Jamaican Economy Panel published its seventh round of its discussion focusing on high rate of emigration from Jamaica and the possible consequences of the loss in highly skilled Jamaican workers. According to the Economy and Social Survey of Jamaica 2019, published by the Planning Institute of Jamaica, net population growth decreased from around 10,000 people yearly in 2010 to a negative number since 2017. The primary cause for this is a significant outflow of people through migration, reaching around 18,000 people in 2020. Furthermore, those most likely to leave are of childbearing age and are often highly educated and skilled, especially females, according to the 2019 Economic and Social Survey of Jamaica, with only 9.3% of male workers and 17.7% of female workers having a degree, the loss of highly skilled labor could have a delirious effect on the Jamaican economy. The Jamaican Economy Panel panelists asserted that pull factors continue to be more critical than push factors, with most migrants seeking better economic opportunities and higher living standards in other countries. At the same time, the panelists also ascribe migration to substantial push factors, such as the burden of violence and the quality of institutions in Jamaica. Keisha Livermore, head of Jamaica Office for International Migration 
in Jamaica comments that migration is a human right, but it is also a choice. People should not feel pushed into migrating just to get away from a bad situation, whether the situation is related to crime and violence or the state of the economy. The sizable Jamaican diaspora is the basis of another range of policy options for the government of Jamaica. One idea is to look at return migration for Jamaicans before or after retirement. This policy would constitute a potential transfer of wealth to the country and reduce the long-term population decline. However, the underlying stressors regarding crime and violence would still need to be addressed for the policy to be effective. Increasing the socioeconomic impact of remittances can also be pursued, but no single prescription would help to do this. Responding to the survey, Dr. Gary Connell, United Nations resident coordinator shared that he fully agrees that remittances should be a key part of the long-term development strategy for the Jamaican government. The laudable way in which Jamaica engages its large diaspora should be an invitation for initiatives, engage the diaspora as partners in addressing specific challenges in achieving the sustainable development goals in Jamaica and the government's vision 2030. The Jamaica Economy Panel is part of a partnership between the United Nations Resident Coordinator's Office and the Department of Economics at the University of the West Indies, MONA. The Jamaica Economy Panel brings together a select group of economy and public sector experts to address monthly socioeconomic questions. These questions help to highlight relevant economic issues and the collective expertise of the panelists. DallasNews.net reports that Bryn Mawr Hotels and Resorts is buying a boutique hotel in Puerto Rico, where billionaire John Palson is seeking to sell two hotels he bought in 2014. The Dallas-based Hotel Real Estate Investment Trust is paying $186.6 million or $1.9 million for each of the 96 rooms of the Dora Beach Hotel, according to the Dallas Morning News. The deal includes the management of of the 14 luxury resident units next door and is set to close in early 2022. Richard Stockman, Burmar's president and CEO, said in a statement that the property is the first Ritz-Carlton Reserve in the Americas and one of five worldwide. This unique property fits perfectly with our strategy of owning high-revenue per available room luxury hotels and resorts and further diversifies our portfolio, he said. The Puerto Rico Hotel opened in 2012 and is a part of a 19 100-acre Dorado Beach Resort. A $78 million renovation of the Ritz-Carlton Reserve was completed in 2018. The majority, 98% of Puerto Rico, is in opportunity zones, which allow investors to make significant investments in their properties to, to qualify for tax benefits. Paulson hired JLL to market San Juan's Condado Vanderbilt Hotel and La Concha Renaissance San Juan Resort. The Wall Street Journal reported earlier in December. Hotel owners and brokers said the two properties could together fetch upwards of $500 million. 
The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that Illinois' health officials have added the U.S. Virgin Islands and two mainland states to the Chicago travel advisory list this week. The designation means that all travelers coming from the U.S. Virgin Islands, Louisiana, and South Carolina must self-quarantine upon arrival in Illinois. As of January 1, 2022, St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John had 2,150 active COVID-19 cases and a seven-day positivity rate of 23.40%, the Virgin Islands Department of Health said. The U.S. Virgin Islands has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the United States at 50.6 percent of the population immunized against COVID-19. Neighboring Puerto Rico has the highest vaccination rate in the country at 77 percent. Only Idaho, Mississippi, Alabama, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Louisiana have lower vaccination rates than the U.S. Virgin Islands. Every state or territory except for Guam and Montana are on the travel advisory. Three states, Alaska, Idaho, and Mississippi, are eligible to come off the advisory next week. Under the advisory, unvaccinated travelers should be tested for COVID-19 before and after travel from any state on the advisory list and should quarantine upon arrival in Chicago. For domestic travel, the quarantine and testing recommendations do not apply to fully vaccinated travelers. Current chairman of the Caribbean community from January to June 2022 is Prime Minister John Brancino of Belize. The new chairman extended a happy new year to all with hope and optimism in his new year statement for 2022. Here are some excerpts from his statement. Chairman Brancino said, the past two years have seen all plans affected by COVID-19 virus, which has caused profound social and economic turmoil. The prospects for our recovery hinge on the urgent acceleration of vaccines, which remain alarmingly low in our community. Further delay in equitable access to vaccines will stress our health systems and personnel and delay our economic recovery. Throughout the pandemic, regional cooperation, collaboration and solidarity have been at the center of our national responses, a clear affirmation of the necessity and dividends of our integration. The community poses the requisite capacities, strategies and plans and the will and courage to forge a resilient and prosperous Caribbean community. The work for the community's special ministerial task force on food production and food security will be critically important in the coming year, advancing actions to stimulate economic growth and fortifying our food systems against supply chain disruptions. The pandemic has underscored the importance of integrating digital technologies into our economy. Social and government structures. Therefore, to spur the digital transformation of our single Caribbean space, we will advance our regional digital development strategies. The outcome of COP26 has not provided us with sufficient time, space, nor resources to confront the catastrophic immediate and slow onset impacts of climate change, 
occurring in our small island and low-lying coastal developing states. We must be resolute in our demands and advocacy to ensure that the obligations and commitments both on emissions and financing are honored by the developed and G20 countries. To maximize the effect of our advocacy, the formation and strategic alliances is a key element. We will be seeking to build on the successful first CARICOM Africa Summit, which identified several areas for common action, including climate change and the application of a multi-dimensional vulnerability index to allow for the inclusion of more than just income-based criteria to access eligibility for concessionary finance. As we enter this new year, challenges abound both within and outside the community. But I'm confident that with our collective ingenuity, the dynamism, and promise of our integrity and our enduring Caribbean resilience, our Caribbean civilization will prevail, he concluded. The new chairman thanked and commended the Honorable Gaston Brown, Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, for his sterling leadership of our community over the last six months. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that Elements magazine recently unveiled its highly anticipated holiday issue cover, with St. Croix U.S. Virgin Islands native Janisha John being the feature model. Based in New York City, the national publication is well-respected amongst fashion elite globally, according to the release issued Saturday. Elements is known for its high-fashion caliber editorials, and the cover accompanies an eight-page fashion spread featuring Ms. John. It was an amazing experience creatively collaborating with these extremely talented individuals, Ms. John said. Thank you to Kane Oguro and the entire Elements magazine team for this opportunity to shine and create black cover girl magic. This was truly an island girl's dream come true. The Los Angeles, California-based talent continues to showcase her U.S. Virgin Islands pride proudly in all her opportunities and professional accomplishments. The issue highlights her work and notoriety as a model, television host, producer, according to the release. A former Miss Universe U.S. Virgin Islands and Miss America U.S. Virgin Islands, Miss John represented the U.S. Virgin Islands at the 2008 Miss America pageant and the 2010 Miss Universe competition. She has produced and worked as a television host for various networks, including Tempo Networks and the Virgin Islands local PBS and CBS stations, before relocating to Los Angeles, California, to pursue her career in television, film, and modeling. My View News reports that the powerful and melodious voice of the veteran Trinidadian Calypsonian, the Mighty Bomber, was silenced by death. Bombers, whose legal name is Clifton Ryan, died on January 1, 2022, New Year's Day, in his adopted country. Born in Grenada, Bomber migrated to Trinidad in 1956 and eventually became that country's leading Calypsonian. He won the Calypso crown in Trinidad in 1964, defeating the likes of his good friend Sparrow. 
During his long career, he produced many great hits, including Proverbs, Animal Cricket Match, Land of Spice, Mr. Unfortunate, Juvenile Delinquency, James and Joan, and Professor Brooms. He was 93, but was due to celebrate his 94th birthday on January 30th. Trinidad and Tobago News also reports that Calypsonian Kenrick Kenny J. Joseph has become one of the country's latest COVID-19 fatalities. He died on Sunday around 11.30 a.m. at the Augustus Long Hospital, where he was hospitalized for several days. He was 69 and would have turned 70 in July. Joseph is well known for his string of Soka Parang hits, which include Paintbrush, Alexander, and Hush Yamout. Joseph's daughter, Giselle, Joseph confirmed his debt to Newsday and thanked the hospital staff for their efforts. She also confirmed he was vaccinated. Public Relations Officer for Trinobago Unified Calypsonian Organization, Sherma Orr Watkins, told Newsday that Joseph contributed significantly to Trinidad and Tobago's cultural landscape. Caribbean Journal reports that there's a new way to get to the Dutch Caribbean island of Aruba. Low-cost Frontier Airlines has kicked off its non-stop service from Miami International Airport to Aruba. The new non-stop service is operating once weekly with flights on Saturdays. It's part of a continued Caribbean expansion for Frontier, which in December added new routes to destinations including the Bahamas, Antigua, and Turks and Caicos. And finally, Antigua and Barbuda Tourism Board has been advised that Air Canada, Air Canada Vacations, has made a decision to suspend flights to Antigua as of January 31, 2022. The Canadian Federal Government Advisory to Canadians to Avoid All Non-Essential Travel has made it challenging for the airline to maintain its previously announced flight schedule, leading to the suspension. The airline will be working on canceling each passenger's file in order of departure dates over the next month and acts for corporation and patients. Air Canada has expressed their appreciation and understanding during these difficult times, which are impacting the entire travel sector. They have shared their confidence that the travel industry will continue to be resilient and by working together, we can overcome this most recent setback. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, January 3rd. I'm Keisha Wallace, once again wishing you a happy and blessed new year. Thank you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates as we look forward to sharing news of the Caribbean region in 2022 and beyond. As always, for more Caribbean news stories, and information. Visit us online at PulseOfTheCaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.